Saludos and salutations, Broncos country, and welcome to another exciting episode of Broncos Talk. I'm your host, Adan Diaz, and ladies and gentlemen, we have an action-packed episode for you guys tonight. But before we do, I just want to go over a couple of things with you guys before the start of today's show, which is, as always, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter slash X, because that's what I'm just going to call it from now on, because <laughs> I saw somebody else do it on social media the other day, and I just figured, what the hell, uh, the change is going to happen sooner than later, right? So... If I, can get, if I can try to get ahead of the curve as that person did, then hey, I'm all for it. So you can follow me there at a 6'10 Mexican. Hit me up anytime. Uh, follow me. I'm always down to talk about football. Uh, for any business inquiries, you can email me at bit, uh, broncostalk2020 at gmail.com. Also, make sure you support the show. Hit that like, uh, subscription button, wherever it is you're listening to this show from. Amazon. Uh, I don't know why I'm going to say Yahoo for some reason. <laughs> Amazon, uh, 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 iTunes, uh, wherever. Uh, Spotify slash Anchor. I'm also putting the slash on that because I still consider the show to still be on Anchor for some reason. Call me old-fashioned. I don't know. It's hard to give up on some stuff sometimes. <laughs> um, but wherever it is you guys are listening to the show, as always, uh, your support is always greatly appreciated. Thank you guys so much for the listens it's always great to see little by little improvements in the numbers every single week and that's all possible thanks to you guys so reviews are great if you can leave them uh thumbs up and subscription notices are great if you can leave them and hey if you'd like to uh haven't been done in a while but people used to send me pictures of them actually subscribing to the show which was always great and you know it's it's a nice boost of confidence (laughs) for any uh struggling uh streamer or podcaster or what have you do just to see it you know kind of helps you remember why it is you do this and like i said it's a nice boost of support uh for one's morale i guess you could say but anyways guys we got an action-packed show for you today today we are going to go over the broncos 2023 uh predictions i do this every single year i try to get ahead of the the curve before the actual season starts now, uh, sidebar, I do want to apologize because I know I said on my Twitter, if you follow me, that uh, today's episode was actually going to be released yesterday. So I do apologize. I wasn't able to get home in time from work. Um, I do do side work as an Uber driver in case you didn't know. So unfortunately, I didn't get wasn't able to get home in time and I crashed and I had uh, some family plans, uh, plans, family plans. Uh, to do Saturday morning. So I do apologize for the delay of the, today's episode. And as I'm recording now, it is 9, 12 p.m. Central Time. So it's like, <laughs> um, this is the only time I could find to actually record this episode. And I have to be up early for work uh, tomorrow, Sunday morning. So uh, hopefully I can get all my work done. Uh, I will probably miss the first slate of the NFL uh, noon games because I don't I won't be out till like probably an hour later um, but hopefully I can tune in here and there but thankfully our Broncos don't play until uh, 3.30 uh, central time 2.30 mountain if I'm not mistaken but I know I'm talking too much <laughs> we're gonna get to the good stuff but before we do that uh, I just want to talk about a very special cool thing that happened to me uh during nfl kickoff now uh my brother is a huge lions fan so uh you know it's pretty cool for him to see his detroit lions take on the defending kansas city chiefs which sidebar was great to see the chiefs lose and on another sidebar it sucks that uh i have patrick mahomes on my fantasy team and of course he 
he did decent for a quarterback, you know, almost gave me 20. And then for some stupid reason, I decided to put Sky Moore in, thinking that without Travis Kelsey, uh, Sky Moore and the other wide receivers were going to see more touches and whatever. And uh, that didn't that didn't pan out. So my week one uh, <laughs> chances of winning are, are are not looking good right now. But anyways, uh, I was sitting in my brother's house watching, and unfortunately, uh, if you heard me. I'm pretty sure I did it before in the previous episode was, uh, as I always tell you guys every single episode or try to when I remember, is, you know, always go out and support other Broncos podcasts. There are a number, number of great episodes and and podcasters out there, articles, media, and not just all the big ones that are associated with the Denver Broncos uh, team themselves, of course, but there are other podcasts. podcasters that are even as i'm speaking or as you're listening to this that are you know trying to starting up and trying to make a name for themselves just like i am um but one of them um was my good friend uh mario and i'm sorry if i mispronounce your last name mario vitanti so i you know i i i'm never really good at at winning stuff especially when it comes to raffles i usually lose most of the time and I rarely do win. The last time I won a raffle was last season. Uh, I won uh, Bulls tickets uh, through their Twitter account. And at first I thought it was like one of those like spam things. <laughs> so when they DM'd me on, on Twitter at the time, it was kind of like, I almost deleted it. Because I'm like, man, this is some bullshit. Ain't nobody going to give me level 100 seats to the Bulls. And then I saw the account and I saw the verification. And then I emailed them. And then they're like, yeah, it's us, you know. And, and my nephew loves the Bulls, so it was great. I, I took my sister, I took my nephew, and I took one of my other, uh, my, my cousin's son with me, and we went, and we had a great time. So uh, that was the last time I had won something. So I know I'm getting off track. Um, I'll, I'll reel this back in, I swear. I usually always do. <laughs> uh, so I was at my brother's house, and unfortunately, I didn't have the notification on, and I really do apologize, Mario. That's, that's my bad. I have it on now. So I wasn't aware when... Uh, Mario's uh, show, uh, his first episode, went live, and so I missed it. But also, shout out to my good friend Glenn Hauser over at MHRT. Uh, if you guys haven't followed or listened to him, please do. Great, great guy. I'm telling you, he's one of the best uh, Broncos, um, not just as a Bronco fan, but just one of the really coolest guys uh, I can say I've met post-pandemic. <laughs> really stand-up guy. Love that guy. Um, so he messaged me and he told me that um, I had won the raffle that uh, Mario Vitanzi uh, was holding for uh, uh, Russell Wilson uh, colored rush jersey. So uh, so I, it really sucks because I didn't see it happen live. I had to see it after the fact. Uh, I was listening to the entire episode on my way home from my brother's house that night. So it, it was it was really cool. Uh, but, you know, shout out to Mario. Thank you so much. Uh, I don't know if, if you actually selected me randomly on a computer or if you just threw names at a dartboard or picked names out of a hat. I don't know, but I'm really, really grateful. Uh, <laughs> and as you said, I, I'm pretty sure it doesn't fit me, but I think I have an idea of what I want to do with it since I'm trying to decorate my room and put more Bronco stuff uh, in my already Bronco-themed colored <laughs> basement. But... Um, but I do think of something I will for sure let you guys know as well. But anyway, shout out to Mario. Thank you so much, man. I really do appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. And if you have, if you, if you guys haven't done so already, his show, uh, Altitude Adjustment, is really, really good. His first segment was the reasons why the Broncos are going to be in the playoffs. And I check it out, guys. It's really, really good. Anyway, let's get started with today's show, which is um, the Broncos 2023 predictions. 
And I actually had to do this again because I wasn't happy with the result that I did. So rather than read you guys off what I had pre-selected before, I, I decided to uh, kind of pick it as we go along. Which, oh, also sidebar before I forget, I know I did mention this a little bit earlier, but uh, Kansas City lost. It was great to fucking see them lose at home as defending champions, which is embarrassing. So to any Chiefs fans that, you know, I know you're not going to listen to this episode, so I don't really care. But if you are, <laughs> yes, I'm that petty during football season. And don't give me that shit like being a good sportsmanship because they've been laughing at us for the last five, six fucking years kicking our ass. So uh, chalk it up to division. Uh, I'll save the sportsmanship and the chivalry for the offseason, especially when we finally do beat them because then I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be the only rowdy Broncos fan out there in the world acting a fool. (laughs) So anyways, guys, week one versus Las Vegas at home season opener now if i'm not mistaken it's been a while since the broncos have been picked uh, had the the been picked or the schedule gods picked the broncos to open up week one usually the broncos are on the road for like maybe a week or two before uh they finally come home so and given what the broncos are have or what they left on the field uh week 18 it was a really bad taste in the mouths of everybody in Broncos country. So with all of the new additions and the new toys that they have, and unfortunately with all the departures that came along with the offseason and before the offseason, like um, trading away Bradley Chubb and the addition of one Sean Payton. And from what we've seen in the preseason, I can say that the hype, our hype compared to last year, obviously it's not the same. There was a ton of hype going into week one. You know, uh, Nathaniel Hackett, uh, what his new offense was going to look like. And, you know, Russell Wilson just going out there and lighting up the scoreboard. And, and you know, being his week one Monday night game against Seattle, his return home. And all the animosity and hype that that brought on itself for mostly people that weren't uh, Seahawks or Broncos fans was um, it was a it was palpable. I, I think that's the right word I want to use. <laughs> I don't know why. You know I me. Mean? I usually I like to throw a smart word here and there but anyways week one versus las vegas now back a couple months ago maybe even before training camp this one would probably be a little too close to call for comfort i would say but knowing what we know now and everything that's happened in las vegas and the fact that the broncos won't see vegas until the end of the season which is kind of weird because i thought that we would probably have that before the schedule came out against kansas city uh but then unfortunately that's not the case in Las Vegas right now, guys, they're in shambles. And they're really trying. It's kind of like, <laughs> I'm a big fan of the Wizard of Oz. And it's kind of like, pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. You know, where basically the whole team is in shambles. And they're trying really hard to extinguish the flames or to put a, a giant cover over it. But, you know, you don't have to be a, a diehard Raiders fan or follow the team to see that the fucking, that team is starting to fall apart at the seams. The only position that the Raiders, I believe, have, aside from Devontae Adams, and that's kind of holding with a grain of salt because we don't know what kind of chemistry Devontae Adams and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo have. You know, obviously, Derek Carr and Devontae Adams, I'll give them credit. They did a lot better than I give them credit for. But then again, they actually played together when they were in college. So um, I would like to say that Devontae, even though it's not uh, confirmed, there's got to be some animosity because there have been actually reports of him 
wanting to get traded out of Las Vegas. And unfortunately, I don't think Las Vegas has uh, the cap to just cut him, which would be stupid. First of all, so they wouldn't even do that. And for another team to, they if they do, they end up doing, <laughs> words, terrible. <laughs> If they do end up trading Devontae Adams, they would have to find a team that would probably try to take as much money off of their books. Um, and I just don't see that happening unless it's a team that's like really, one, has the cap space for it, and two, they're looking like a really prepped team to make a, a run for the Super Bowl, be it AFC or NFC. I'm pretty sure they try, they'll probably try to stay away from a division rival like the Broncos or the Chargers or to a lesser extent the Chiefs. But, um, hey... Uh, if the right suitor calls and if the offer is good enough, they're probably too good to not say no. But given all of that, uh, Josh Jacobs was a really pain in the ass for the Broncos last year. He single-handedly ran uh, that the, the Raiders team into a victory. Maybe not so much the second game, but the first game for sure, even though Russell Wilson was tried his best to make a comeback effort in that, uh, that, that first matchup and unfortunately didn't work, fell short, and the Broncos lost at home. Uh, in their first matchup so but I, I'm telling you guys there's something about Josh McDaniels being a head coach that does it just doesn't work and it just does something to a team that completely brings it to a screeching halt and brings it to its fucking knees and you know and I told this to actually a friend of mine who's a Colts fan even though the Colts are in the position that they are now where they're not exactly the best but they're not well I don't want to say the worst but they're kind of hinging in that direction but Josh McDaniels kind of rescinding from Indianapolis when he was supposed to be their head coach a couple seasons ago and he went back to New England was probably the biggest favor <laughs> he could have done for Indianapolis fans. So, and I'm pretty sure in a, in a diverse timeline and in a multiverse out there somewhere, Josh McDaniels is actually the, the Colts <laughs> head coach. And maybe by now he'd actually gotten fired a season or two ago. Who knows? But I think that Las Vegas right now they're very, very vulnerable. I don't think that that locker room is united, and it's probably even more diverse and separated than it was before. And if you don't believe me, just go ask Chandler Jones, who is not going to play tomorrow because he's been given some time off to cool off. And I'm pretty sure everybody in Broncos country saw all the shit, all the dirty laundry he aired out on Instagram before he was forced to take it down. So... Um, and, and Chandler Jones, his best play last year was the, that, that uh, pick six he had <laughs> against the Patriots. Uh, but other than that, he had a not the worst season, but it wasn't like the most spectacular season either. It's kind of like a quiet season, uh, per se. So, and Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I have a feeling that, that his injury, whatever, he, has, he might have a lingering issue that it's not as severe as the Raiders front office may make you think. But... Uh, they're trying to pull, they're trying to cover it up. They're trying to cover something is what I'm trying to say. And I'm, and I'm really sorry. I know I'm not supposed to be dragging these points uh, along as far as I should. This could be a long episode, folks. And I really mean it this time because <laughs> I see the clock. We're already at 15 minutes and uh, I don't, I don't know. So I, I'm going to try not to blab so much. I'm sorry if I do. Hopefully you guys stick around to the end of the episode. If you do, let me know on Twitter at the six foot 10 Mexican. <laughs> There's those cheap plugs. I know I stayed away from them last time. Um, but anyway, I think the Broncos defense, I think Vance Joseph can do just enough to uh, limit the damage that uh, that the that the Vegas uh, offense is going to try to bring on. Uh, I know Patrick Sertan 
Uh, he didn't have his best games against Devontae Adams last year. Uh, and, at, and at most of the points, uh, Devontae Adams was probably the only wide receiver all season that could probably hold his own and in some cases get the best of PS2. But I'm pretty sure that PS2 is psyched up and ready to go. And uh, anybody else covering Devontae Adams kind of worries me when it's not Patrick Satan, uh, depending on the coverage that Vance Joseph is going to run. But I just feel that <laughs> with Jimmy Garoppolo out there, and I, I, it just doesn't make sense to me. It, that, that's probably my biggest point. So I'm going to say that the Broncos are going to win uh, tomorrow. Uh, I wouldn't say blowout, but I wouldn't be surprised. I would probably say uh, if the offense pans out like it does and it actually clicks and it works, and the fact that the I know that the the Raiders have still have Max Crosby, and some of the the issues that offensive line do worry me. But if uh, Sean Payton and Russell Wilson can kind of get that some tight end help and get uh, whatever side Max Crosby lines up and you know kind of give Russell Wilson some time to throw and make some plays, even without Jerry Judy out there tomorrow, uh, I think that Russell Wilson can do a really he can do some damage. And Javante Williams, I know I just read an article right now that sounds like he's really raring to go, and he hopes not to be on a snap count. Uh, so. I just think that probably the, and I'm not writing this down, but this is just an estimate, uh, an estimate on top of an estimate. <laughs> uh, I think that the the Broncos are probably going to have like a two touchdown lead uh, over the Raiders. If they can make it a blowout like they did against the Rams and shut the stupid Raiders out, that would be fan-fucking-tastic. <laughs> I think all of Broncos country will sleep like, like babies. Uh and you know probably give us illusions of grandeur that's another big word i'll have to google that i don't know if i use that in the in the, in the right preference but it's already said so i'm just gonna leave it out there <laughs> uh moving on uh so the broncos are gonna be one and oh by this point uh week two the broncos uh host uh, the washington commanders now this game is probably is one of the reasons why i had to restart my sheet because i didn't realize that the commanders are playing are playing the Cardinals tomorrow in week one and the Cardinals are probably going to be the worst team in the NFL and they'll be lucky to win two games at that by the end of the season I say even with Kyler Murray coming back up when's he slated to come back after uh, IR which is like week five and but there there's just so much going on in Arizona I know the Raiders have their issues but they're probably not as bad as what Arizona is going through and the Arizona lost a couple key players. Um, uh, you know, J.J. Uh, Watt retired. Zach Allen came to Denver. Vance Joseph got let go. And he came to Denver. So, um, <laughs> so Washington, even without Chase Young, that Washington defense should pick apart uh, that Cardinals defense. And the offense should have no problem winning that game. So, with that being said... That's going to uh, put some, you know, put some wings under the some air under the wings of the commanders coming into to the Broncos. But I think that the Broncos defense can do just enough to overpower the commanders and get them that win. So I'm going to say that the Broncos are going to win that game and uh, probably it, it won't be a blowout. But I think it probably could come down to like a field goal or maybe a touchdown. Uh, excuse me difference in that game just for the simple fact that uh, 
the commander's defense are going to come in hot and they're probably going to be one of those defenses that a lot of uh analysts are going to tell you to pick up because the Bron depend especially depending on how the broncos offense does against the raiders uh if they can't get like a big huge win and it comes down to like a field goal or something so but hopefully i'm right in terms of them winning. <laughs> uh week three the broncos hit the road and their first matchup is against vic fangio and the Miami Dolphins, not Vic Fangio, the head coach, but Vic Fangio as a defensive coordinator. So you got to believe, even though uh, the, the defense doesn't have uh, Jalen Ramsey, they have Bradley Chubb. So I'm pretty sure Bradley Chubb and uh, and Vic are going to sit down and, you know, try to give them as much insight as to what the how the Broncos uh, operations work in terms of, you know, uh, defensive wise and try to give uh, Tua or whoever is still QB by week three. Uh, a heads up and Miami's gonna be tough even though like I said even though Vic Fangio doesn't have his key players that he did when he got hired and on paper I think that even with Bradley Chubb out there that unfortunately I think the Broncos are gonna fall short so I'm gonna put this as the Broncos first L now if they can beat Tua in the Dolphins and leave 3-0 that would be fan-fucking-tastic and you know, stay in the undefeated conversation, which is what every team tries to do the first few weeks. But unfortunately, I just, I don't know, man. Playing Vic Fangio in, in previous years has always been tough. It's not a walk in the park. And you know, Tua's gonna have Tyreek out there and he's gonna have Jalen Waddle if they're not injured by then. So uh, they're gonna give the Broncos defense a run for their money uh, in terms of, of uh, secondary coverage. And I'm sorry, I, I know Kareem Jackson got named as a starting captain, and that still kind of rubs me the wrong way. Um, but I know right now the Broncos are dealing with some injuries, especially in the safety position. And if only they could have landed C.J. Gardner in the offseason, him, C.J., and, and Kareem, uh, Kareem uh, Justin Simmons, I mean, I would have been set with that for, the, for, for life. That would have been great. But unfortunately, uh, Kareem's going to be back there as well as... Um, I don't have the, the, the depth chart in front of me, so. Uh, but I'm I'm pretty sure it's it's gonna be stout, no doubt. But it also depends on if Kareem can not lead in with his helmet and try to knock <laughs> Miami offensive players unconscious and draw unnecessary laundry. So moving on, the Broncos are gonna come to Chicago for Week Four. It's gonna be fucking awesome, and I'm gonna be at that game. Uh, shout out to my boy Isaiah Henderson over at the Orange and Blue. Nothing rhymes with Orange and Blue. Uh, if you guys haven't checked him out, please do. Uh, him and uh, Johnny Baki is also a really good friend of mine. Love those guys. Uh, so Isaiah's going to be in town. So I hope to meet up with him in that giant, giant stadium. And I think that the Broncos can actually win this game. Now, Justin Fields is going to be a hard out because we know that I'm pretty sure by the time this game rolls around, Justin Fields is probably going to have close to a thousand yards. Um, but the Bears offensive line is they do have some issues just like the Broncos offensive line does. But I don't think that our issues are worse than, than theirs. Uh, I know Ryan Poles living here in Chicago. I get to hear all the juicy Bears news, uh, whether I want to or not. <laughs> And uh, one of the uh, kind of, I don't know if ridiculous is the right word, uh, but probably asinine things I heard Ryan Paul say is just like uh, he wants Ru Justin Fields to just play like the most immaculate football and just be Patrick Mahomes out there. 
and he has like all these um, standards he wants him to do. And <laughs> I remember I, I shared that article with one of my best friends and my best friend who I hope to have on this show before that game rolls around to talk about this game. He was just like, well, if the motherfucker would have drafted <laughs> any offensive players during the draft or, or, you know, signed any during free agency, then Justin Fields can get all that shit. <laughs> um, but even though uh, I think Chicago's defense is still kind of does, they don't have a true identity yet, per se. Like they have some good key young players, no doubt. But I don't think it's that stout defensive uh, offense or defensive team from when Vic Fangio was a defensive coordinator uh, in the late uh, was it twenty from sixteen I think from twenty sixteen to twenty eighteen around that timeline. So I think that the that the Broncos can do just enough to sneak away with a win from the Bears in Week Four, and then that's going to set up the Week Five matchup. By this time, I predict the Broncos will be three and one, and then that's going to set up the matchup against. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Jets coming back to mile high. Now, on paper, on paper, and this is me taking my orange and blue colored colored glasses off, the Jets have a better team. And I know no Broncos fan wants to hear that, but doing these predictions, I have to try to be as biased as I can. I don't know if that's the right word either, but trying to be... You know, I can't sit here and tell or be a stupid fucking idiot like Nick Wright and tell you that the Broncos are going to go undefeated. That's a great dream to live in, but <laughs> that type of stuff only happens in Madden and franchise mode. And if you're really fucking good with a, um, with your uh, animation or with the what do you call it, the, the hit sticks. <laughs> so I'm trying to be as optimistic as well, but I think that the Broncos can win this game. And the only reason I say that is because every, the last time, if I'm not mistaken, the last time Aaron Rodgers came to Denver was in 2015. And the Packers were slated to uh, win that game. And the Broncos defense, which was really elite at that time, just steamrolled Aaron Rodgers and made it a really bad day for him at the office that game. So I believe that the Broncos can do that just enough. I believe that they can rattle Rodgers. And try to keep him at bay as best as possible, even with all the nice offensive weapons he has at his helm or disposal. But I was at the Jets game last year, and I'm telling you, Sauce Gardner, there's a lot of shit he does that refs don't see and that the TV cameras probably don't catch in time. But there's a lot of holding. Sauce Gardner gets away with a lot of fucking holding. And I'm pretty sure there are corner other cornerbacks that do it in the league too. But that man does it way too much. And I'm not just saying that just because I'm saying that because I saw it happen live and I'm not the only person at that. I wasn't the only person at that stadium that seen it that day. And I'm pretty sure there are Jets fans and fans all over the world, wherever the Jets go, that have seen it or are going to see it because I'm pretty sure the Jets are going to be shoved into prime time the more games that, they, that they're able to win. But if Russell Wilson and the offense can do just enough to put points on the board and put Aaron Rodgers uh, put the pressure on Rodgers to try to force the ball. Uh, and hopefully by this time he hasn't really settled into the uh, Nathaniel Hackett offense. And 
as a Broncos fan, I'm really hoping that the uh, that shitty offense that he brought to Denver last season is the same shitty offense he brings to the Jets, and then they can get a, a little taste of what we had to go through when Nathaniel Hackett was standing on the opposite side of them last year, not as the offensive coordinator, but as the head coach and making all these god-awful fucking decisions. So I think that they can uh, win that game. And then that's going to set the, the stage for week six at Kansas City. Now this game, after seeing what we saw Thursday night, anything is possible, even if it's just by one fucking point. Um, but I, unfortunately, I don't think the Broncos can win this game just for the simple fact that it's really hard to win at Arrowhead. And uh, I'm actually going to par- <laughs> borrow uh, a, 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 a part of a conversation I had with one of my best friends today who said that the only reason that the uh, Kansas City lost that game is like the chance of them losing was the exact same chance of the of the Lions winning just for the simple fact that both teams were making such critical errors and mistakes and the Lions were just lucky enough to take advantage of the the one not making any one or two more mistakes in Kansas City was enough to win the game and defeat them so unfortunately I think the Broncos are going to lose week six at Kansas City so by this point, I see the Broncos at four and two, and I just really hate losing to Patrick Mahomes. And out of all of my predictions you'll hear today, and if you haven't heard me say it before, I say it again: the ones about the division rivals losing, those are the ones that I really hope I'm wrong on. If we can sweep both the Chiefs, the Raiders, and the Chargers in both of those games, that'd be fan fucking fantastic. <laughs> oh, but a guy can dream, right? Um. That's going to push us to week seven uh, versus Green Bay. And that Jordan Love-led offense. Uh, versus, they're going to be in Denver for week seven. And I I just don't I just don't see it. Like, I, I don't see the Broncos losing to a Jordan Love-led offense. Uh, I, I know that they have uh, Aaron Jones because he's on my team. But aside from him, I know they got Christian. Is it Christian Watson? I think it's Christian Watson. And uh, they'll probably have another a couple other key wide receivers, but the main ones are are gone. And I just think that there's going to be a, a lot of pressure on Jordan Love to go out there and put up an Aaron Rodgers-like show, and he's going to be hearing that all fucking season. And I, I just don't think he's going to win. I, I think that the Broncos should win this game. Uh, I don't want to say easily, but probably not so difficult. I guess I could, uh, I could say. And that would put the Broncos at uh, two, four, five, five and two at this point. And then that's going to lead to week eight where the Broncos host uh, the Chiefs. Now, this game against the Chiefs, I think the Broncos will win just for the simple fact that by this time, each team is going to kind of get a taste of what the other one can do, you know, seeing as what they can do with their new toys and all that. And I think that in, in such a short time that if the Broncos do lose week six, that they'll have a, just enough of a game plan and come up and come out of a, a off of a really big high uh, win against Green Bay where they can take advantage of a Kansas City team. That's if they're riddled with injuries by this point, they can, you know, do some damage if they can just make Patrick Mahomes have a day, bad day at the offense, kind of like the Lions did. Or you know, cap or capitalize on mistakes, just like uh, Kadarius Tony not being able to catch a football, um, 
whatever it is that the Broncos can do, I think that the Broncos can do it. Plus, the Broncos have gotten pretty lucky at winning their games before the bye week. Uh, I, you know, just look at last year when they were in London against Jacksonville. Jacksonville was slated to win that game, and the Broncos and Justin Simmons put a cap in that and said nope, and they left uh, London with a big old W. Excuse me, I had to get something to drink. I talk too much. <laughs> um, so the bye, uh, obviously, not gonna worry about that. So by the bye week, I think the Broncos will be two, four, six, six and two. Which isn't bad. Um, uh, so that's going to push us into week 10 uh, at Buffalo. Now this game, I I don't think that the Broncos will, will win just for the simple fact. Buffalo's a really hard out. And the only way I can assure you that the, that the Broncos win this game, absolutely no doubt, is if uh, they don't have uh, Josh Allen or they don't have Stefan Diggs or they don't have Von Miller. Those three key pieces together make Buffalo a really dangerous team so unfortunately I'm going to say that the Broncos don't win that game but I also think that the they give uh, Josh Allen and, and Von Miller and company a run for their money and kind of tell them hey you, you had our number this game but if we meet in the playoffs all bets are off and we're bringing foots to asses <laughs> remember when people used to say that it used to be cool uh, so I was going to push it to six and three which still isn't bad. The Broncos are still in positive territory uh, by six and three. Uh, week eleven against Minnesota, Kirko Chains <laughs> and Justin Jefferson, and well, they don't have Dalvin Cook anymore. But they this one I had to change my my pick on because I don't think the Vikings defense is going to improve night and day. Uh, I think that they're still going to be struggling. Even, even with a, a, a really good player and, and Daniel Hunter. So I think that the Broncos can do just enough to win this game. And I, it's not going to be easy. Whatever the, the, the Vikings offense gives the Broncos, the Broncos have to capitalize. If the Vikings have to punt, they have to score. If they get a turnover in some way, they have to score. Pick sixes, put more pressure on the offense to throw the ball instead of run it or whatever. That's the only way I can see the Broncos win that game is to force the Vikings defense, which isn't that really good in, in my eyes. And uh, but if if if, Bu if Buffalo, if Minnesota puts a, a, a really good game out there offensively and they're putting up points and if that Vikings defense does make Russell Wilson and company struggle and force them to give the ball, especially being uh, I'm sorry, the, they're playing at my high. I thought they were on the road. My mistake. Um, I think that they they would do just enough to um, to beat the Broncos, but unfortunately, I don't think so. Especially because I have a feeling that this one, the Week 11 game, could be bumped up to prime time. Because if I'm not mistaken, this is around the time where the league starts picking games that could be really good in matchups for prime time and kind of bumping them for slots and versus those that at the time when the schedule was made that they could be. Uh, really good primetime games, but they're not so then they get kind of bumped around in terms of um, When they play and when they don't so that could be that could be a, a, a Perspective one so I'm actually gonna put an asterisk there. So I remember if I don't remember guys Make sure you remind me on Twitter slash X at a six for ten X <laughs> Two cheap plugs in one podcast episode Yay! <laughs> uh, week 12 
The Broncos host the Cleveland Browns. Now this one, uh, I don't remember what I picked before, if I'm being honest with you. The, the Browns defense, even with Denzel Ward, it's it's pretty good, but it's not elite. Uh, but the, the, the Browns are kind of like in the same predicament as the, the Vikings, if I'm being honest with you. Like their offense is really it's starting to take shape. You know, and Nick Chubb, I mean, he's nobody to, to ignore. So, uh, but I think that the Broncos can beat the Browns. It won't be easy, but I think they can do it. So I'm going to say that the Broncos win that game too. So that's two, four, six, eight. At, by this by this point, I have the Broncos at eight and three. Now beating uh, uh, Massage Watson is not good. I'm sorry. I, I have friends that have been calling them Massage Watson for the longest, and it's just funny. It kind of kind of grows on you. Um, but I I just first of all, the Browns are playing in, in one of the toughest divisions in the league. They got to deal with the Ravens twice. They got to deal with the Bengals, the AFC uh, North. AFC North? Yeah, I think they're the AFC North uh, uh, reigning champions. And they have to deal with uh, the Steelers, who are probably still trying to... They're trying to find their identity in terms of what they can what they can have and do with, with Kenny Pickett and trying to make chicken out of chicken... Sh- chicken salad out of chicken shit with uh, Najee Harris. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns end up fourth in their division by the end of the season. Just for the simple fact that... <clears throat> Aside from Nick Chubb being like their star player, they don't really have a big name wide receiver to go with it. And the last one that they did have, they shipped him out. Uh, they cut him. So that was OBJ. <laughs> so I see, I see the Browns or the Browns losing that game. Yeah. Uh, week four, uh, 13, the Broncos hit the road and they go to Houston. Now this game is gonna be tough because Houston has a new coach in D'Amico Ryan's and their defense is probably gonna be pretty, pretty good. Uh, I can't even tell you who the starting quarterback is for the Texans. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, but I think, you know, with two first co- first first year coaches uh, in the league going at it, I'm going to give the slight benefit to the Broncos. So I'm going to say win for that. Uh, it's not going to I don't think it's going to be an easy out. But then again, I could be wrong. Uh, it all depends on how both of those teams look by uh, week 13 and their injury reports. Uh, but Houston is trying to come out of that rebuild, or if they're not in one currently. So, uh, But I think that the Broncos can do just enough to best them and, and get a win uh, that week. And then week 14, our first matchup uh, against the Chargers at uh, SoFi. Uh, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to the Chargers on this one and say L. Just for the simple fact that uh, Justin Herbert, I know I have a couple of close friends of mine that don't look down on Justin Herbert and don't think he's uh, the next big thing uh, per per se. But the fact that they added a guy like Kellen Moore to their offense, and I saw what Kellen Moore did or he tried to do with the Cowboys and Dak Prescott last year. And, And believe me when I say this, folks, that Cowboys offense without Kellen Moore is gonna suffer. They they really are, and the fact that the Bron- that the Broncos that the Cowboys uh, front office made Kellen Moore the scapegoat and tried to put all the blame as to why the fuck the Cowboys pulled that really stupid idiotic play at the- <laughs> trying to have Ezekiel Elliott as the snapping, uh, not only as the snapper 
but as the guy that's trying to block a 300-pound Eagles defenseman, but he just gets put on his fucking ass, it's beyond me. It, it really is. Um, but I, I just think that Kellen Morris is going to uh, elevate that offense. And, of course, Austin Eckler, that man is just as dangerous uh, against Broncos defenders just as much as Josh Jacobs is. Uh, he hasn't run amok on Denver like Josh Jacobs has last season, but he's still a pain in the ass to deal with, as well as Justin dealing with Justin Herbert. So I, I think that's going to be a close game. If the Chargers do win that game, I think that's probably going to be coming down to a field goal or at worst, probably a touchdown lead. Uh, but if they can sweep the Chargers, I, I'd settle for that too. Um, I'd love that actually. Instead of always settling one for one, a sweep against the Chargers would be great. Uh, that's going to push us to week 15 against the Lions. Now this... If, if the Lions would have lost on Thursday, I probably would have made this decision a little bit easier. But seeing how they took the defending Super Bowl champions. And God, do I keep fucking saying that. <laughs> but taking them to the limit and doing just enough to eke out with a win. Even though he didn't have Travis Kelsey. And even though they didn't have uh, Chris Jones. That the Lions did just enough. And I feel that that's going to be a theme with the Lions this year. And don't be surprised if that's their team model by the end of this, by like midseason or something or during the season, where it's like doing just enough to win, especially if the Lions do go out and the games that they do end up winning are just that, where they do just enough to win. So um, I think that um, if the see, here's the thing. If that Lions defense is still intact by week 15 against the Broncos, they do have a really good uh, linebacker in the rookie. I forgot his name, and I'm pretty sure my brother's going to kill me. <laughs> but there's just something about uh, Jared Goff and, and just the, the one thing that kind of uh, I saw in that game with Jared Goff is when Jared Goff is on fire or, or, or Dan Campbell takes those risks, the Lions are pretty much really much unstoppable on offense. And I think their co offensive coordinator, his name is Ben Johnson. So he's done a really good job, you know, incorporating uh, Gibbs, the running back, and uh, David Montgomery as the power back. Even though he didn't run like a Derrick Henry per se, he at least got a touchdown and he was able to put Detroit back in the game uh, doing what he did, even if he had to fight like hell for those yards. So for this game, I think that the Broncos are actually going to uh, win this game. So I'm going to give them the L or the, uh, the, the W um, because I think actually, shit, I want to give them the W. Man, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. Actually, you know what? We'll come back to that. So I'm going to scratch off the W. I'm going to scratch that off. We'll, we'll come back to Detroit because I want to gather my thoughts a little bit more. Uh, week 16, the Broncos host the, the Patriots. Now, this one, without a shadow of a doubt, I'm just going to put W, and I'll tell you why. Because New England is in such shambles, it's not even funny. And to be honest with you, by week 16, if the Patriots come into Denver with a record with more losses than wins, it could be literally the writing on the wall. 
especially if the Patriots start having a fire sale before week eight and they start trying to get rid of uh, some key players to make room for cap and, you know, try to see what they can do in free agency or the draft. Or if they start swirling rumors that, uh, you know, Bill Belichick is he's done, you know, he's going to retire from football or he's going to go uh, coach or retire. or I don't know. Or he just does not going to be with the team anymore. But I believe that the Patriots are kind of just circling the drain in terms of, you know, trying to be relevant. And it doesn't help them that they're playing in a division against the reigning champion Buffalo division champs, Buffalo Bills. Uh, coming up, coming up team in the Miami Dolphins and the Jets, uh, who I wouldn't say are rebuilding per se, but they do have a pretty good team on paper. And if Aaron Rodgers can can kind of get that wind under him and you know get a streak going, and that Jets defense can stay as stout as it can, then they're gonna be a a, a thorn in the rest. So the Patriots team in that division, I know we did already a recap episode of this, but. I wouldn't be surprised if the, if the Patriots get swept by all by both, all three of those teams uh, before the end of the season. It, it wouldn't surprise me. And I, I just don't have any confidence in Mac Jones. I, I don't think he's the guy or the, the team he's playing with. I don't think he's the guy for them. It's just not working. It, it's really not. So I think that the Broncos are going to win that game. It shouldn't be that huge of an issue per se it shouldn't be a close game i don't think but then again depending on who's on the active ready to play list by week 16 you know one one can never be too sure i guess uh week 17 is uh the second game against the chargers i'm going to put this as a win because i think that the broncos if they do lose at SoFi, that the broncos should have a game plan on already done to beat a kellen moore offense and a um Justin Herbert team. And if they can play spoiler uh, as well, that would be even better. Uh, <laughs> now, the Week 18 game against Las Vegas, I think that's going to be a win just for the simple fact that it's Week 18. Um, actually, no. I'm going to... Do I want to change it? Well, I was going to change it because I'm thinking it's a Week 18 game. I'm pretty sure that the Broncos are going to make the playoffs. So if the Broncos, hypothetically speaking, if they do make the playoffs, they're not going to start. They're not going to play their starters like the other teams in the league. So it will probably be the second or third stringers. I don't see Las Vegas making no fucking playoffs. So it might be Vegas just putting their starters out there just to try to see who uh, who's going to try to stay on the team or whatever. Or it could be just that extra fourth season preseason game that we didn't get. And it's just like Raiders second or thirds versus Broncos second or thirds with a couple first. Raiders first sprinkled in there. I don't know. But by this time, I think... But you know what? I'm just going to go out on a high horse and say that's a win, too. Fuck it. <laughs> uh, and, it, and if they lose, it's like it, it really wouldn't hurt because the important thing is the Broncos are in the playoffs. The only way that would hurt the most is if the Broncos are in, you know, trying to do seeding for seeding purposes where they have to win that game. If they put their starters out there, they're beating the Raiders for sure. That's without a shadow of a doubt. Um, but there's like a lot of what if scenarios and what can happen week 18, just for the simple fact that some playoff implications are still intact week 18. The majority of them are intact week 16 and 17 mostly, but week 18, there are some teams that are kind of like still trying to figure out some seating, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, by this point I have the Broncos at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 
10, 11, 12. 12 wins, one, two, uh, three, four losses. So 12 and four. And we haven't even talked or gone back to the Detroit game because I haven't made up my fucking mind. And to be honest with you guys, I don't think that I'll be right about this game just for the simple fact that Detroit is playing like, (laughs) oh my, and I feel like if I am right, that I'll be more surprised than I was right and less surprised if I was wrong. If that makes any sense, which I don't think it does, but it makes sense in my head. Um, but you know what? To be, to be honest with you, I think the Broncos are going to win this game. I'm just going to say it. So uh, that's two, four, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, and one, two, three, four. 13 and 4 is my prediction, which is even higher than last year's. I think I went 12 and 5. Just for the simple fact that I have faith in my team. Not 12 and or 18 and 0 per se, which everybody starts that after if their team wins wins. <laughs> if the Broncos win, yeah. If they win their first matchup anyway, they have that those type of expectations. But to kind of reiterate my my choice about the Lions, I think that the Lions are going to be just like one of those teams that, you know, if you overlook them like the Chiefs did, because and I'll, and I'll tell you this, because going into that game, I, I for example, sidebar, I run a weekly football pool out of 19 people, 17 people picked Kansas City to win that game. And most of them went double digit points. Only two people didn't go Kansas City that was my brother who currently as of this recording leads us into Sunday with the most uh, accrued points with 16 and me (laughs) I just gave Detroit one point and they ironically won their game yesterday or two days ago by one point so it just like I'm pretty sure going into that game, the, the the animosity and all that, and all the shit talking and all that, it's it's obviously gonna go up, go up and and be there because that's that's what football does to you, you know. But after everything's said and done, I think that there's gonna be huge respect for both sides at the end of the at the end of the game. Now, if that game ends up in a fucking tie. Then I don't know how both sides of the team are going to feel, but I think that they'll probably just, I don't know, relieved. I don't know if I will feel relieved if the Broncos ended that game in a tie. And I'll have to ask my brother when he comes on the show um, what his thoughts are about that. But me personally, as a Broncos fan, I would personally, I don't ever think that the, I would never like the Broncos to end up in a tie in any game because I don't want to feel like it's an unanswered question as to who's the better team. And just having that one at the end of the, at the end of their like win loss thing, it's just kind of like, I don't know. I feel like it's a black eye, you know, and it leaves so much unanswered instead of saying, hey, they beat us this game. And here's how we need to do in case we need to face them again in whatever time, especially if it's a division rival. That one hurts even more because you know you're going to see them again, you know. 
So, um, but that's my prediction for today, or for this season, I should say, is 13 and 4. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I know I did say it was going to be pretty long, but I guess I lied. Um, it's not over yet. If you guys have any questions about or questions or comments, or you want to tell me about what you think about my predictions and you want to talk about it, hit me up at on Twitter slash X at a six foot 10 Mexican. I'm always happy to answer your questions and just talk football, man. <laughs> you know, get hyped up Broncos country. Uh, but before we go, there are actually, there, there's two things. The, the first one about tomorrow's game. I just want to reiterate a little bit more. If I haven't done so already, I'm pretty sure I did for the first 20 fucking minutes. But um, I think the Broncos are going to win this game, no doubt. I don't really have no any doubt that they're going to lose this game because it's the season opener. Uh, I feel like the momentum is going to be on on Denver side. The only way the Broncos lose this game is if those mistakes from last season are still there. If the flags, the laundry flies. If the injury bug decides to strike again, knock on wood, hope it doesn't. Um, if the mistakes from last season are there, the fumbles by the by the offense or the interceptions by Russell Wilson or Russell Wilson getting sacked and putting the punt special teams in predicaments where they don't need to be. And overall, just stretching the defense and wearing them out, you know, which is like all the things that just, oh, my God, <laughs> now that I think about it, it's like, ugh, I just don't want to I don't want it ruining my my hope and my you know the energy i have for tomorrow but if the broncos can stay away and do their job and show the world that this broncos team is new and improved not just because there's a new sheriff in town in terms of a head coach not just because of him but just for the fact that all the off training and everything that russell wilson did in the off season is paying off all the key player new key players that the broncos added starting to show improvement and pay off and the fact that the Broncos, even though they lost Tim Patrick and they lost Jerry Judy for a while, because I even if Jerry Judy does get for some miracle clear to play, I don't see him playing fully. He, at the worst, would probably be on a snap count. But when he does come back, just basically all the mistakes that the Broncos made last season, that they can go out there and show the world that they've learned from the mistakes or that they're learning from, but they can do just enough where the, the Broncos defense is still top five or better. The Broncos offense can be a top caliber like offense maybe not top 10 right away but show improvements and strides that hey we're getting there and it might not be this season but next season we will definitely be a, re a force to be reckoned with offensively and just you know try to get as much stink of uh, off of us from last year just off of it because I know like I'm it's really it's been really hard being a Broncos fan this offseason you know just having to deal with all the bullshit with Russell Wilson and the embarrassment with Nathaniel Hackett and the massacre against the Rams and losing to Baker Mayfield and it just it, it needs to be gone and even though and everybody going into tomorrow's game all 30 of those teams are going to go in there with a clean slate and only half of them are going to come out with a really either a winning record a starting winning record or a starting losing record and the Broncos have to be on the winning side as long as they can before that first L comes across the board no doubt about it <laughs> so uh, guys make sure you hit that subscribe button uh, wherever it is you're listening to us on Spotify slash anchor Amazon 
uh, iTunes, any of the other websites where this show is distributed, wherever you're listening to us from, please, please, please hit that subscribe button. Uh, five star reviews are always appreciated. Uh, hit me up uh, on Twitter slash X for any business inquiries. Hit me up at Broncos Talk at Gmail, uh, Broncos Talk 2020 at gmail.com. And uh, on a kind of a lighter, maybe sadder note, uh, today's episode I wanted to dedicate it to a very special person. Um, I found out a couple days ago that she unfortunately passed away. Uh, I used to be part of a, this group called uh, the Pure Jury Group a couple years ago. It was like from the end of my high school tenure to probably a good 10 years or so. Uh, up until it was finally, I'm pretty sure it was defunded by the Chicago Police Department. But while I was a part of that group, it, the Pure Jury Group, the, I'm going to try to make this as short as I can. Uh, so hopefully you guys tune in to the end of this and you haven't uh, hit that stop button. Uh, but the peer jury program was basically a, a program for uh, teenagers. Uh, it, it was a panel of jurors that were all made of teenagers who would listen to uh, juvenile cases from juvenile court. So it would be, uh, you know, these teenagers, these kids that committed crimes that were all misdemeanors, nothing felonious. And instead of going to juvenile court, because the juvenile court system was so backed up, that they would give the cases to us and I would be the person who helped moderate it. So I was the guy that would read all the rules and uh, hear what it is that the teenager was there for, try to get uh, interrogate them and get questioning as to what it, uh, why, why they did it, how they did it, and how we can try to get them back into, you know, make things right, make them learn it. The, basically help the jury make their come up with a sentence they had 30 days to complete it was mostly community service or tutoring or just trying to figure out what the panel of jurors can do to keep them from you know not realizing it was just a mistake and not make it a habit per se so and my good friend heather uh was the one that not only did she help me run that program but she was the one that took care of all the paperwork and made sure that the sentencing uh, was always signed and that we had uh, the accurate report so we know who did what and when they came in and that they had a parent and guardian it just she was she was just basically the person that um, just that, that kept our, our, our the boat afloat if that's the right word and when she retired to travel the world uh, I met my good friend Tracy who uh, shout out to Tracy I uh, hope you're doing well uh, she's great and what she does so and unfortunately, my, my friend Heather succumbed uh, to to cancer, uh, a cancer she had already fought off once, but unfortunately came back again. And if I'm not mistaken, it was a little bit more stronger and uh, more rigorous this time. Plus, she had developed uh, leukemia, so it just it it wasn't it, it wasn't pretty. But we were all hoping that she would uh, recover for it, but unfortunately, she didn't. So anyway, I wanted to dedicate today's episode to her and her memory. And the only reason why I say that is because one of the last conversations I had with her uh, before she left the program was she was one of the few people who believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. Uh, I know that when she was the one that approached me to be the moderator for the uh, for the peer jury program when the original moderator was stepping down 
and I, I didn't really see myself like I grew up as a juror, you know, so I was part of the panel. And when I outgrew it, when I couldn't be a juror anymore, I was just going to sit in the sidelines and, you know, uh, because I took my brother, my brother became a juror and my sisters became a juror. So I was just basically taking them. And I was just going to be the guy in the, sitting in the back on the sidelines. I never thought of myself as being one of the, one of the people to help run the show. So uh, it was thanks to her that, you know, she made me believe in myself and, you know, just kind of gave me the confidence that I never knew I had uh, as, as uh, you know, as a, as a person, I guess you could say. Uh, I'm a nice guy all around, but there's just so many people in my life that I'm very grateful for, that I'm really, really thankful, not only thankful for, but just grateful to say that I've had the pleasure of uh, making their acquaintance and getting to know them. So, uh, Heather, uh, thank you so much for what you did for me, for my family. Um, we will miss you dearly and I really do hold you at peace because you were the most peaceful person I have ever met and so calm, especially when times were rough. So thank you so much, Heather. I love you. I miss you. May you rest in peace. <sighs> Sorry for that, guys. Uh, <laughs> didn't mean to uh, rattle off. But anyways, guys, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we will be back next week. I'm going to try to upload next uh, the next episode. Uh, for, I want to say Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, sit down and talk about the aftermath of the Broncos game. I would say Monday, but Monday, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to get a chance to do it just for the simple fact of Monday Night Football. And unfortunately, I have to get uh, my pool stuff going, uh, getting it ready. And plus, I have to try to prepare. I'm going to try to prepare some notes and do be a little bit more productive this time around in terms of show prep. <laughs> But I don't know. I say that every year, and then most of the times I just start foaming at the mouth or going off at the mouth or whatever the saying goes. But anyways, guys, week one is almost here. It's a few hours away from this recording. Let's go out there, or Broncos, go out there and kick some fucking uh, Raider ass. Let's go, Broncos. Woo! See ya.